Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Finish Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on a Tuesday, July the 7th, 2020. Hopefully this finds you all staying safe and staying sweaty. We're up early on the podcast today because my schedule is a little bit different with some of the things I'm shuffling around. So I uh, usually don't do the early morning podcast, but here I am today. And if you're watching on YouTube, see the sun just starting to shine through here. Hopefully you guys are doing awesome on YouTube as well. Before I jump into the episode today, this podcast can be brought to you by my homies over at JLab Pro. Again, this is the nutrition that's backed by science. These are the people I work with, uh, with the protein that we take, uh, the krill oil, my probiotics, um, everything basically outside of CBD and greens. I go to uh, my people at JLab Pro for. Uh, we've been working with these guys for probably 10 years now. They make Legit stuff. We trust them. That's obviously why I work with them. So if you guys are in the market looking for, you know, different omegas or probiotics or protein, and you want to try uh, the protein that we use, uh, hit me up right now. They have like a midsummer sale going on. The promo code ID20. Um, I can send you the link directly. It just automatically knocks it off for you guys. And uh, in all reality, like it's the really I eat most of my food, obviously, uh, in terms of protein. And I tell you guys all the time, real food hustle. Um, but sometimes it's just not either realistic with eating once or twice a day or I'm just tired of eating the same shit and so we'll make like the fancy uh, protein shakes that my wife puts together and we share for a lot of you guys on YouTube and uh, IGTV and I find that the uh, the JLab Pro protein powder is the only one that really doesn't bother my stomach it's rather sensitive uh, there's certain things I can't even eat Chipotle uh, it's too spicy for me that's how sensitive I am to most things so uh, and I like G-Lab's protein for the fact that they're one of the first people, I don't know if they're the first ever, one of the first to use actually stevia uh, to sweeten it. And so I can take it. Um, doesn't bother me. I enjoy it. And again, uh, the cleaner and the more natural stuff, uh, the better. So if you guys are interested, hit me up. Uh, we can hook you up with 20% off everything on the store from their you know, omegas, the krill oils, the probiotics, the protein, and everything in between. So with that said... Just kind of rolling through my day today, uh, we're going to talk about six factors for success, which this original post actually came over to me from my homie Pat Rigsby, and this is geared towards, you're kind of talking about, at least in the context that he was putting it, like your ideal business, or like if you were talking about business success, but my personal opinion, this can be any area of life, it doesn't have to be just business, Uh, this can work for your fitness life, which, you know, for me, they're kind of one and the same, but a little bit different. Uh, it can also work for your personal life, I think, at home, and just the circle of people you surround yourself with. And I think these are just six factors for success um, in everything you do in your life and the way you approach everything in relationships, which to me, I believe business is relationships. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of you guys listen and uh, tune in and watch our stuff, obviously, because hopefully we provide you value, but we build a relationship with uh, you guys that we give a shit about you. We want you to, you know, live the healthiest, happiest life possible. That's kind of the, you know, the overall mission statement here of, of everything I try to put out. Sometimes I do things just for entertainment, obviously, but for 99% of the stuff we do, it's it's geared to make all of you listening healthier, you know, happier, and just a more productive, better, badass human being. So. With that said, these would be kind of the six factors uh, for success that influence, you know, basically kind of how I go through my day to day. And the first one being just doing things that I enjoy and that I am relatively good at. 
I don't know how I can say it any other way. I do shit I love with people I enjoy. I, we say it as a tagline at the end of the podcast. We throw it uh, on t-shirts and emails and things. But I think the first thing, if you guys want to have any success in life, you should probably be doing things you enjoy and things that you are relatively good at. Now, a lot of times I'll phrase this as like playing to your strengths or double down on your strengths and punt the things that you hate or you suck at. Now, I'm not saying don't be proficient in things or don't be, you know, able to do multiple tasks, but there's some stuff you're naturally just going to suck at. Like an example I'd give, like Monica here is more like, she's a mom, right? So she's more like kind of from that kindergarten teacher kind of background. So when she puts things together uh, visually on some of our stuff, it just, it looks more neat, organized and kind of packaged where I'm not as good at that. So why am I going to spend four hours doing a shitty job when she can spend 45 minutes doing an amazing job? You see where I'm going with this? That's that's why we outsource certain things. Like, obviously, you know, as a kid, I'm, I'm dead broke, so I'm doing everything. Like, you know, you're shoveling snow. You're always doing your own grass. Remember my dad painted our house with a fucking hand-rolling paint, not even a spray gun. My dad hand-rolled our entire house. Now, we had two in the Midwest. We had a two-story house, right? And so, like, he's up on this giant-ass ladder hand-rolling every inch of the house. That's crazy to me. Now, I suck at painting. Uh, he's much more talented uh, than I am at the trades. So when it came time for us to paint our house here, my wife and I had a painting company. We paid them to come do it. One, it looks way better. It was way less stress on us. We didn't start arguments, and it allowed me to play to my strengths and do what I do here to earn money to pay somebody else to, to play to their strengths. So we have a unique ability you know, in life to play our best role at what we're the best at. And, you know, if you're trying to sustain, you know, productivity and long-term success in anything, I think most of us need to be doing things that energize us rather than drain us. I'll repeat that phrase because I think it's important. If you want to have any kind of sustained, like, long-term success and really be productive in any goal you're trying to reach... I think we need to be doing things that energize us and not drain us. If you're always dreading what you're going to do, I find it takes me a lot longer to get it done. My mind will wander. I'll check on seven different things. I'll do something and then I'll go back to something I like because I'm always just being dragged down by it. Now, sure, you're probably always going to be spending a little bit of time doing stuff that you don't love and that you don't like and that you're probably not great at. But for me, that ratio needs to be a minimum of like 80% of the time I'm doing things I enjoy um, with a target being, you know, hopefully 90% of the time I'm doing things I enjoy and only 10% of the time I'm doing the shit work. Um, you know, none of us, obviously, if you're, if you're talking about a business or for like how you manage your life at your house, none of us starts at 80%. Uh, you know, we all have to kind of do everything. Uh, but with the focus in a plan, I think we can all get there if you start to really look at how you manage your life and your time. And if you're doubling down on your strengths, like so if you work a job and you're really good at what you do as your craft, whether you're a chef, you're a financial advisor, you're an insurance agent, uh, you're a developer, you're an engineer, whatever your, your jam is and you're great at that, you can spend more time doing that and maybe not spend as much time 
you know, doing all the house chores around your house. You may obviously insert like a housekeeper if your job is lucrative enough because you're so good at what you do here and you enjoy that, you can give that task to somebody else who A, you're providing them a job and opportunity, but they're better than you at it. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So I think our goal should be, you know, a minimum 80% of the time we're doing things that we enjoy. Uh, and then 20% of the time, like we're dealing with the stuff that admittedly sucks ass. And obviously, you know, this season of life, uh, for me in this business, I've been doing a lot of stuff I enjoy, but I've also have been, I've had to chew on a lot of shit and keep chewing on a lot of shit, which I don't really like. And it, it wears you down even for, what are we going on? Like four months here or something, even in four months, it's just like the phrasing I've used with other entrepreneurs and, and business owners like myself who are in charge of things. It's you're tired. The, the phrasing we use is like, you just get tired, man. Like I don't like, not like you're sleepy tired, but you're just mentally drained from doing this shit that you do not like. And I couldn't imagine doing it 40 hours a week, every week for 40 years. There's just no way. It, it literally would, it's like a vampire sucks all the, the blood, the life energy out of you. And you're just worn down and, and you don't want to do it anymore. And that's why I understand how people get to the end of their rope when they're just like, fuck, dude, this is just, it's too much. Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with the bullshit. And that's, you know, again, obviously this is a unique season of life and it's ever changing, man. And I don't, I think in one day at a time here and, uh, that's all you can do with it, but it, it is, isn't fun when you're doing 50% of the time you're doing stuff you like, but then 50% of the time you're dealing with shit that you hate to do. And that's not a fun place to live in. And so if you guys find yourself in a job like that, obviously, you know, do what you can now due to the current climate and ecosystem, but look for things that you really like, that light you up, that give you some semblance of whether it be work-life balance or just pure enjoyment um, out of the task you're doing every day. And that I think we enjoy things that we're good at. Like, I am not great at water skiing. Uh, I'm never going to do it again. I'm not good at it. It's not my thing. I have no interest in it because I don't like it. I'm good at doing this job. So I'm going to keep doing it because I like to do it. And and I've I've turned out to be okay at it. I don't completely suck. And people want to hang out with me and talk to me and work with us and do our things. And so I like to play to my strengths. And I think you guys should all too. Number two. This is probably the most important one. Working with people you enjoy. I got to work with people I like, man. If you can't, that's just as much of an energy suck as doing some shit that you don't like. Having a team you enjoy being around, whether it be in person or even digital for that matter. um, Spending time with people that energize you, whether that be your coworkers friends, family, or your athletes, or your members, or your clients, if you will. It would suck to be at a job where all the consumers hated you. Now, obviously, ideal, this is a service business. No matter how you splice of what we do, like we're delivering products all the time, and, and programs more than, than products, I suppose. But we look, we call it product, but it, it's a coaching service. We don't really sell much standalone stuff anymore. And we work with the general public, and it's really hard to please everybody, man. I, the analogy I always use is like you got 30 people in a room and you're listening to music and we ask everybody what they want to play and it's Tupac, Britney Spears, Metallica, and Skrillex. It's hard to make everybody happy when you put on Britney Spears. I think you could put on Tupac and most people would like it, but that's my personal opinion. Some people think it's vulgar and they hate it. So that's where I'm going with it. 
So if you can control that, or at least have some say in a the team around you, and the culture you're creating, and then obviously spending time with people that energize you, that's a good place to be. You know, masterminding and associating with and talking to and connecting with like-minded, motivated, you know, individuals, entrepreneurs, hustlers, just good, nice, awesome humans is going to make your life better. If you're going to spend a couple thousand hours per year, like, you know, in your business, um, you got to be around people you enjoy if you're going to make it the long haul. And that's a takeaway. I don't, it's not fun to work with people who complain and whine and bitch and, and moan all the time. And uh, obviously in fitness, we do it in kind of like a, a joking way where people will complain like, Jeremy, this workout sucks. We hate you. But I know it's coming from a place of love. So that's how I kind of take that. But uh, I don't want to be, and again, that's why, especially now, like, and that's why I say like, I take this all day to day. I don't know what, what tomorrow brings in the next day and the next day. And who knows, man? It's just the weirdest time right now. And even yesterday, I'm on the phone with uh, Sean, who does a lot of our uh, camera work. And he's doing a lot of our thumbnail stuff for YouTube right now that will come out on the videos probably later in the week once Monica loads them up. And him and I are just talking. And I'm just like, yeah, man, the gym's closed. And I don't know what it looks like when we open due to, like, you know, we don't have the same volume of people. Like, we just, you know, we're not, gonna, I don't know what we're going to offer, like, when we come back and what it's going to look like and, and how we do it. Like, it's the first time in my life, like, I don't have an answer. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, and again, I don't look further than tomorrow. So maybe tomorrow will change and something will be different. But him and I are talking and he's just like, man, these videos are great. You're doing a great job. He's like, all the stuff you're putting out, like, he's very, being very positive. And he's just like, yeah, man. He's just like, I don't know. He's like, uh, he said it like six times. He's like, I just don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, um, I don't know. Like he, he just didn't know about the future, right? Like so that's we, we keep coming back to this phrase like, well, we just don't know. And I think that's kind of the tiring part for a lot of people. And the point of me driving that is um, short of this season of life, whether it goes another you know month or two months or three months or who fucking knows, right? Um, you got to spend time with people you like because you're spending a couple of thousand hours with them uh, over the course of if, if we're working with you know athletes here. And that's why I've never scaled this super big for two reasons. One, I'm well, three reasons. One, I'm not that fucking greedy. Uh, I don't care about money that much. I'm not willing to take on a ton more stress for an extra hundred thousand, two thousand bucks a year or something like that. Like, doesn't matter to me. Like, how much money do I really need? Like, enough to feel safe and secure and provide for myself and my wife. And, you know, that's it. Like that, but that's me. I'm not judging anybody else. So, A, I'm not that greedy. I don't need to make $700,000 a year. It's not really my thing. And two, like, I don't want to take on the stress of that. If you figured anything out in life, it should be the amount of money you make is almost directly connected to the amount of stress you're willing to take on and the amount of shit you're willing to eat. You might look at it and feel of it differently, but the guy who's a brain surgeon is making more money than the person checking you out at Safeway. I'm not saying one job is, you know, better than the other, but the person at Safeway, there's not a lot, there's not that much stress in a normal world that goes on there. The guy doing brain surgery, every single day he can lose a life, literally. So that's a higher skill. He's going to take on more stress. I don't even know how those people compartmentalize that kind of stuff if you were to lose a life, but he's going to make more money than the person just, you know, delivering newspapers. Like, 
there's more stress in there. So, i.e., more money. That's typical for a lot of people. Now, some jobs are high stress and they don't get paid shit, which is terrible. But in like an entrepreneurial kind of business sense, if you're willing to leverage things, if you're willing to expand and get huge and take on, you know, the burden of, you know, 50 employees, 100 employees, 500 employees, and all the financial ramifications that come with that, you have the ability to make more money. But I never had any interest in that. And the third reason is because I just want to work with people I like. At some point, things get too big and uh, you start to get people who think you suck and complain about you and don't like you. And uh, I've been at that point on the internet for a very long time and I just take everything with a grain of salt. I look at it introspectively. I realize, are they crazy? Am I crazy? Did we mess up? Did they mess up? Could I do better? Could they have been more understanding? And I kind of roll there. And uh, the bigger it gets, the more people you're going to probably work with that you don't enjoy and that are going to buy your stuff and try your stuff and do your stuff. And that's just part of business and life. But if, if this only ever was me podcasting, writing content, creating videos, coaching people digitally all over the world, and we just worked out here with my friends, like, you know, 50 people that were super cool with me and they just came in and we did that, I think I'd be, I'd have an okay life with that. I'd like it to be more cool in a perfect world when it's running right, but if it was only like, hey, the diehard people who came in here and, and we crushed it every morning, you know, at, at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. And, and maybe a couple other times and that was it. That's a pretty good life because I'm working with people I enjoy 90% of the time. Coming back to that doing shit you like to do 90% as opposed to doing stuff that you hate to do half the time. Number three, working in a way that you enjoy. And again, along the same lines, like we need to be using processes we like in life. We need to be in an environment that we enjoy being in every single day i.e. hanging out with your friends and cool people and, and people you enjoy being around. And when I say process, it's like we, you already have a process. All of you listening to me, you have a process every single day. And you can compartmentalize those processes. And they could be like your morning routine, your afternoon routine, your nightly routine, your weekday routine, your weekend routine. You have a routine with your kids, with your dog, with your wife. You probably have a morning routine. You wake up, maybe you, you know, take a dump. Uh, you hop in the shower, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair, you do your stuff, something like that. Or maybe you wake up and you have coffee, then you take a dump, then you take a shower, then you brush your teeth, whatever it is, you have the set routine. That's what I'm saying, that's a process. And either you enjoy that process or you've done it for efficiency because it's allowed you to schedule other things and live your life a certain way. Now, when I talk about that, that could be obviously your home. And when you're, I don't have kids, but like your kids probably have a process if they're a baby, like you put them in, uh, you change their diaper, you do whatever you got to do, you put them in their car seat, then you put the car seat in the car, you drive them somewhere, like you have a process for that. And this could be like, obviously in your home, it could be in your office, it could be at your facility, um, all the way down to the schedule you follow every single day. And, you know, I've worked, you know, from a home office as an environment, um, I enjoy it sometimes, sometimes I don't. A lot of times I like to, to leave it and do something else because I like my home to be where I relax and enjoy. It's why I don't really love working out at home. I can do it, but I like actually coming to a place. Now, if I had a, a separate, you know, like shop or garage area set up, I guess that would probably be different because I could separate my living room from there or my garage from there or something. But, and some people, again, you guys, some your process might be working out from home. I'm just saying for myself, so when I'm working somewhere, this is where I work. When I'm relaxing somewhere, this is where I relax. And 
you have to find you know tools and processes like that that are going to help you be successful now that can be anything from like software uh, to a planner to a calendar system whatever it may be but that's like my process like I have a way that I run this business and it also coincides with how I run my life and if anything has come from this dumpster fire of 2020 I hope it's that we're nicer humans we have a better understanding of people we're kinder we're more fiscally responsible like a lot of just good human shit I hope comes from it but for me personally which I already feel like I'm a good human I can always be better for sure um, I don't judge people all those kind of things but for me personally in this season what I've seen is I'm working in a way I'm trying to enjoy even more and there's certain times where I'm going to extend myself and be tired to, to meet the needs of others to help them to make money all the things that are required in a business but it's really giving me time to sit back and think like what am I mean th- this is the way I talk about it in my head so uh, I apologize up front I say to myself what the fuck are you really doing like I literally will say that to myself I'm like Jeremy what are you really doing and then I start to you know reflect back and like okay is this really what I want my schedule to look like you know seven days a week is this really the best use of my time is this really making me the happiest is this really what I want to be doing you know three months from now six months from now a year from now now obviously right now it's it's tough to navigate that but I've really started to have those deeper conversations with myself where before and again a lot of you listening to me are probably in the same boat you're just so busy go 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 you got so busy working in your life, you didn't get a second to step back and work on your life. And I've said that a million times, and I've been just as guilty as most of you. Sometimes I just I run from one thing to the next, don't really celebrate the wins or look at the scoreboard. I'm just, you know, onto the next task and the next mountain to climb. But this is probably the first time, like in my adult life, where I'm like, okay, what's gonna fit your lifestyle the best? What? Do, how can you create a schedule to where a, it still helps as many people as possible still is profitable makes money but also gives you a little bit of free time and autonomy to let your brain think and slow down and do some of the things that you enjoy that you haven't done for the last couple of years and that's why I say for you guys like having a process creating an environment that allows you to have some semblance of balance there now again there's there's no perfect uh, work-life balance for anybody but uh, I think if we can keep striving for finding ways to live our life and not just on the weekends like on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, that comes down to, that's why I say like, whether it's software, your phone reminders, schedulers and planners, hey, this is our date night, hey, this is a time we go for a walk, hey, this is a time we have sex, whatever your thing is, um, if it's important, you should schedule it. So, number four, uh, having strong whys in everything we do, I, I think is vital in business, in family, uh, in any future goals you're planning, you have to have something that's driving you. Otherwise, it's just, you're kind of like mindlessly wandering through the desert. And it's like, it's really hard to get somewhere. And it's really hard to sustain that motivation uh, and energy moving forward. And the consistency of it. I mean, a lot of people who can be consistent with a podcast for three months. A lot of people can be consistent with social media posting for six months. A lot of people have a fire to do something and help people for a year. Can you do it for five years? Can you do it for 10 years? Can you evolve? Can you shift? Can you flow? Are you willing to be patient to work for something? Now have a sense of urgency. If you can get it faster, get it faster. I'm just stupid and uh, 
not real bright, so it takes me a lot longer than it takes a lot of you guys to achieve you know your goals and success. But when I talk about have a strong why, it's a little deeper, right? And I think we all need to have a reason why we do what we do. We all have to have a reason why we do what we do. And obviously, I have a few reasons. One, you know, to provide a sense of security and opportunity for myself and, and my family, my wife and I, um, while working in a way that allows, you know, for meaningful time with the people that I serve here, all of you listening, and with her as well. And for a long time, like we would do, anyway, we've had a lot of short-term goals and things like uh, you guys have all listened and paying off our house in in a small amount of time we did. I gave up a lot of, uh, you know, meaningful time uh, with her and with friends and with family to do that. You know, I suffered, you know, in the short term to reap the benefits long term and i.e. the world, you know, took a complete dump uh, a month later and uh, seems to me that either I got lucky or divine intervention or just worked my fucking face off and then the timing of this happened. And it seems I'm reaping the benefits of it now because this would suck a lot more if I had, you know, car payments, house payments, credit cards, kids, all this other crazy shit dragging on me. So I'm able to at least breathe every single day. But the point I'm driving at in the big picture is you have to have a why that allows you to, A, obviously have a sense of security for yourself, but lets you work in a way that allows for meaningful time with the people you enjoy the most. Um, personally, how my whys are, I want to be a good role model uh, for everybody. I want to try to lead by example. And I want to help you know people understand that you know professional success doesn't mean personal failure. And a lot of this this business, at least for me, it's it's me. We have a great team of people here. A lot of people help me out behind the scenes. A lot of people you guys don't see. You don't hear them. You don't talk to them. Uh, Matt Sizemore, I've been messaging, I message Matt every single day. Matt has helped me every single day for the last 15 days, and none of you see him or hear him or talk about him, but he's part of my team. And the point I'm driving at is like, these guys help this, you know, thing go, but at the end of the day, it's it's me. Like, my name's on the building, my name's on the t-shirts. Uh, I wasn't more creative when I started 11, 10 years ago, but the point I'm saying is, my why is I want to be a good role model and lead by example, and you can have you know professional success um, and, and not be a personal failure if you make yourself the best person you can be. And I do this because I want to have a meaningful impact on people's lives. I don't want to just reach people. And that's and now this is for my social media people out there. A lot of times we say like, oh, you just you just have to have a bigger audience. You just have to have you know more of followers or fans. And I hate that fucking term. And you know, they just, I want a bigger reach. I just want bigger numbers and more distribution. And while that's important for money, the meaningful impact of people's lives is more important than the numbers. It's the depth you go with the people you work with, not the width that you can spread it across. Because to me, it's more important the depth of the impact, helping them create, you know, a healthier, happier life, making a real connection with them, taking time to reply to the messages and share things with them uh, is what really lights me up and keeps me going. Um, obviously, you guys are going to have your own whys and your own reasons, but you know, if this is supposed to be what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to try to help people the best way I can and know how, regardless of the environment uh, in the ecosystem. That's why we put out so many things. I wouldn't keep doing these podcasts solo 
and have the energy to do them if you guys weren't like, hey, I love listening to them when I go on my walks, when I commute to my job. I've listened to every episode. Like all the crazy shit you guys say, it's, it's truly amazing. And we do it because we feel like it has a meaningful impact on you and it helps you. And if it's if nothing else, it's easy listening uh, to put your brain in the right uh, mindset. That's part of my why. And I would urge all of you to expand on yours and write them down and understand why you're doing the things you're doing it, whether it's for yourself or your wife or your husband or your kids or your family or for the greater good. Um, are you spending your time doing things that are important to you? And that's why sometimes I can get lost in this, you know, just reading uh, or doing research. And, and sometimes the Middle East even drives me nuts because I'm like, hey man, you should be doing this. But I'm like, I do love uh, the, the craft of a lot of this. And don't get me wrong, it's like like any business, this has become this multifaceted weird thing that I never planned on it. And a lot of stuff, it's not super fun. but. When you have a why that's bigger than the shit you're eating, you tend to just keep eating the shit because it allows you to keep doing the things that you enjoy. And that's probably the biggest takeaway. And that's why I always drive back to that percentage. If a big percentage of the time, it's stuff that lights you up and it, and it seems important to you and it's meaningful, I think you'll keep going. And I think that having a concrete, it's, it's the same thing for fat loss, right? Or building muscle or any goal. You have to have a why if you're doing it. Why I want to look good for a swimsuit. That's not deep enough, man. That's surface level shit. It's got to be. And again, that's a fine goal. Like, I want to look good for my vacation. That's cool. But that's surface level stuff. You have to have something deeper than that. That can be in there. But there has to be some other checkpoints that are going to keep you going. Because what does good enough in a swimsuit look like? What does this fake picture you're imagining yourself to be like on vacation? That's such a small fleeting thing to take a couple of photos to post on, you know, Insta. So people will give you a couple likes and say you look sexy. That's all good, but it has to be deeper than that for you to consistently, A, keep going to reach your goal. But more importantly, once you get there, keep that momentum rolling. Number five, keeping things simple. If I'm good at anything... It's keeping shit very basic and very simple. Um, and for me personally, to be successful, I have to simplify everything. I am a, the most basic, uh, simple dude you guys will probably ever meet. I might think of things differently, but I am very minimalistic in my approach about life and what I need to uh, to be happy and, and to survive and, and to keep, you know, keep doing this. I don't need a lot. Uh, it's not about the stuff and the things for me. And uh, even when like what I'm doing looks complicated, like to the outside world or to other people or they don't see like, how can you get all this stuff done? Or how can you look? I I've simplified it into like a few core steps in my brain. Um, I just can't, I can't work well any other way. Like when I'm overwhelmed, um, if you guys see my process here, <clears throat> Excuse me. And again, I'll go to the process. Like I have a hundred post-its here. I have little checkpoints when I schedule, and I. That's why I can't take on a lot of stress and shit because my brain is foggy and it's cloudy, and I feel like I'm suffocating and I can't be productive. Almost like I'm drowning in busyness and shit. And I don't like that. That's probably why I've hated this season of life so much because there's so much you know negative shit swirling around, and you can do your best to avoid it, but eventually you're gonna stumble onto it, and it's like. If my brain gets lost in like a, you know, a negative, shitty doomsday thought pattern or something, it's uh, it's hard to snap out of it. It's hard to be inspired and be creative and do what I have to do. 
to, to keep things moving forward. So I try to simplify everything in my brain the best way I can. So, you know, the fewer things, the better and uh, make things easy to understand. So it's like when you overwhelm yourself, like with responsibility, um, like trying to be everything and all things to all people, I don't, I don't see how you can get it done, man. And for a lot of you out there listening, like you guys, your life is so much more complex, right? Like I have my own responsibilities to people here, um, and things we're trying to do and, and the weight of, of what I carry. Um, but I'll gladly carry my weight compared to all of you. And what I mean is a lot of you are overwhelmed with the responsibility that comes with being like a good mom, uh, a good dad, a, a good spouse, a good brother, sister, a good parent, a good coach, a good friend, uh, a good you know entrepreneur. And uh, when you're trying to do all of those things, like it's really hard to be balanced, man. And so I think simplifying things um, and how you get refocused and ready every single day is probably one of the biggest keys. And again, like I said, just keeping things simple. Uh, I live a very simplistic, basic life. Like right now, probably more than ever because I don't, I don't see anybody. I don't go anywhere, which sucks. And uh, starts kind of mess with your brain at some point for sure. But uh, there's a digital connection, you know, which I, I do the best I can with all that stuff. But uh, it's simple, man. Like we're all real simple beings. We just we overcomplicate things and we we make them messy. And we try to make them, you know, more complex and fancier than they need to be. And, and I don't understand why. For me, it's simple. And I, I said to my wife for a long time, you know, when she was younger, her priorities were different. And I think all of us are. Like, obviously, when you're, you know, 25, a lot of times you think you got the world figured out and you know what you want to do. And then you get older and you realize you don't know shit. And the older you get, the more stuff you know. But also, if you're smart, you realize you don't know anything. And the smarter you get, you realize, wow, I know so little compared to all the stuff that is out there. And sometimes when you're 25, you think like, well, I just want to I just want to make a bunch of money because that's going to do it. And I'm like, man, if I could tell you now, like if there's ever been a time in my life where, you know, just the amount of money you make doesn't make you happy, this would be it. Because there's people right now that have millions and millions of dollars and they're just fucking miserable. Yeah, it buys you a sense of security for sure. But short of that, man, it doesn't fix a lot of other problems and issues. And again, we all have to have a certain level uh, to feel safe and and feel like we're okay. And that's going to be different from all of us. And I think what you'll find is as you move up the financial chain, that number just keeps increasing. And, you know... You used to think X would make you feel good and then it becomes Y and so on and so on. It's a never-ending chain. But what I'm driving is my wife used to think like, hey, if we lived in this house in this neighborhood, this would be everything and and everything would be, you know, better and our life would be, you know, ideal or perfect. And I'm not bagging on her. Like, I think we all thought things like that at a younger age. I just didn't for the fact of I'm like... All I think about is how much work and stress it would take to acquire that and get that and keep that. And so now, when I'm talking about simplicity and keeping things simple, when I talk with her now and we see her, and you guys have heard her on the podcast and we'll have her come on and, and talk about this too, she's her happiest like in nature. She's her happiest on a paddleboard in a lake. She's her happiest kayaking um, or just playing in the ocean or just going for a hike 
or riding her bike or going for a walk with her dog or playing with her dog in like the Salt River here or something. She's very happy doing these basic, basic things that have nothing to do, you know, with the complexities of like the world and, and being fancy. And not saying you can't like all things and like both, but when I, I use her as the example because she's in my life every day. I see somebody who once thought it was this, but then when you take them and you put them in a very simple, basic environment, it lights them up. And for her, it's like this nature and these most basic things. And that's how I think of my life. I don't need all this crazy stuff to be successful or happy. It's the little things. I need to feel safe. I need to feel secure. I need to feel healthy. I want to have my mind in a positive mind state. I want to be around people that I love. Um, I want to play with my dog. I want to eat good food. I want to get good workouts in. You know, I like to play basketball. I like to, you know, hike, bike, swim, run. I like to shoot guns. I like to do just basic, simple fucking shit, man. And that goes for business and your personal life, professional life, and everything in between. I think simple, when you strip it down to the things that you truly enjoy and make you happy, you'll find real success there. And the last one, before I let you kids go, using a planning and goal achievement approach is going to help you find success. And I've always been a person who writes out their goals for the past probably 15 years or so. And again, if you guys come in here, I have a million post-its. I've typed myself notes. We've sent them in emails. We put them in blogs. I've shared them with everybody. Um, that works for me. Really just writing things down and seeing them come to life uh, because otherwise it's like it's in your brain, but you kind of just, you might forget about it. As crazy as that sounds, like you know you have these one or two goals, but to see it and have this affirmation in front of you day after day after day, um, I think helps. And obviously there's nothing magical, you know, uh, about, you know, writing things down in that goal achievement approach or in the way that I guess I plan it out every day, but it works for me. And I guess that's true for, you know, all six of these things. And what I've done is each night before I go to sleep, I typically write it down. Um, usually I do a lot of stuff before I leave the office. So if I have stuff that I'm just going to say, hey, I'm done for the day, I don't want to deal with this shit, I'll write the notes down and I'll po put the post-its all over my desk here. So when I come in the office the next day, they're already here waiting for me. So I know my checklist. I also have a a notepad here. I'm old school. Like I grew up on the Oregon Trail and number munchers uh, for you guys who are, you know, a little bit younger than me. But I have my post-its here and then I actually have a spiral. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you guys can see this. It's a, you know, spiral notebook and it's just written down in little bit of blocks of things that I have to get done. You know, podcast email, Heather shirts, recipes, follow along, YouTube thumbnails, like just the things that I have to do for the day. I do that the day before. So when I come in the next day, even if my brain went to shit, which typically mine tends to do, um, and I have other things I'm thinking about or some things got in my email or inbox and fires I got to put out. I know as soon as those fires are done, here's my checklist of what I'm supposed to go through. So the night before I write down the things I have to get done the next day, the big rocks and little rocks, that tends to help me. And so, again, it works for me, um, and that's really the key, not just for me, but for you as well listening, like finding what works for you, finding what works for each of us, all again, tying back to what's part of your process. What is the process that's going to work for you to help you be successful and happy 
and consistently help you reach your goals. So again, obviously, you guys can borrow all these ideas. You can model these things. You can do them exactly like I do. But what I would really say was adapt them uh, to make them your own and make them fit your lifestyle for your goals. And again, these can shift and flow during certain seasons or, or parts of your life and how you do things. But, you know, that's how we create our own success system. And we can't just use someone else's, you know, system right out of the box and expect the results to be the exact same for us. We are each unique, so we adapt accordingly. And so obviously you guys can use these six factors, but you'll have to adapt them to fit to you. And on a side note, I'll say this. This is the same way that we do nutrition coaching here. And this really doesn't have anything to do with this podcast other than ties into those last tip here. So maybe it does. My brain connects things in a weird way. Um, I got a guy the other day sent me a message. He's like, hey, you know, we're doing this program. I really thought I would get a meal plan, you know, with recipes kind of laid out and follow this meal plan for this program. And I'm like, hey, I've done a podcast, you know, titled Why Meal Plans Suck. So clearly I'm not the guy to come to for meal plans. There's nothing wrong if, if you guys like them and your coach prescribes them for you. Respect. I'm not judging anybody's method- methodology. You do what you find works best. But for me personally... I found that meal plans suck completely and the failure rate is about 99% for people in the long term. It might work for the short term for like a week or two, uh, but for most people it doesn't because as soon as life happens or something goes wrong, you're not going to follow the meal plan, then everything is, is off and then you forget about it or you don't have the ingredients or you don't make the recipe or you got stuck in traffic or you had a trout or something happened where you just didn't follow it to a T. Now the whole plan kind of goes to shit. I don't mind samples for outlines. And the reason I bring that up is because you can't just use someone else's meal plan out of the box and expect the results to be the exact same for everybody. We're each unique and you have to adapt it accordingly. And so you might have somebody give you like a meal plan for a program, but you're going to have to adapt it to fit to you and your lifestyle and your taste buds and your schedule and your needs. That's why we, from that standpoint, we try to coach things. And that's what I think like these success plans are. You can take all the things I said, but you're not going to operate the same exact way I do. You don't have the same exact life or schedule or likes or dislikes or wants or needs or anything. is Nothing's going to be the same. And so it's like, okay, here's this meal plan. You should follow it. Oh, we wrote it out just for you. Well, yeah, for this week. But what if something changes next week and the week after? That's why when we do nutrition coaching, at least, we have people, we, we track macros. We can give them samples and ideas and they'll share recipes and all those things are fine. I go, but we want them to understand how many meals a day are you going to eat? I might eat one or two. You might eat four or five. If four or five works for you, then do it. There's no wrong answer there. If I eat a higher protein, higher fat diet, but you like a lower you know, fat diet, higher carbohydrate diet, and you feel better that way and look better that way, then you do that. So again, you can't for anything in life. You can't just follow someone else's system right out of the box and expect the results to be the exact same for you because none of us are exactly the same. In anything, in fitness, in health, we are each uniquely different. We can be similar, but you're still going to have to adapt it accordingly to fit your needs and what you're trying to do. So again, we have a program that we run when, when the, like when gyms are actually like open and the world is normal. There's a program we created last year. It was like a, a train with me program. It's it's the exact like loading protocols I would do. So I go through the program with everybody, and they do the same workout. 
that I'm doing every single day. It's very lifting heavy. And then we sprinkle in the Metcons and I share the Metcons in real time and we all do it together. I think it's like five weeks, I forget. But uh, the point I'm driving at is you could do the same workout I do on Monday, but you're not going to load it exactly the same. You're not going to take the exact same rest periods. You're not gonna have the exact same range of motion and you're not gonna feel and move the exact same way I did. And even if you could do that for one day, you're not gonna do it for 30 days. And even if we did it on that day, you might not feel good enough on day two to do the same thing. And even in my own program, for me, if I have it written out Monday through Friday, I might have to change things on Tuesday because my butt is too sore or my hamstrings are too tight or my chest feels like it's gonna explode. Like I might have to shift some rest days around or recovery days or make things lighter or heavier based on what my body's feeling like. It's all reactionary. That's how we do fitness coaching. That's how we do nutrition coaching. That's how you should do your success system. Make it tailored to fit you and your lifestyle and what you are trying to achieve based on working with people you like, doing things you like to do for the most part, planning things, having a why that's going to allow you to stay consistent for the long haul. So hopefully that helps some of you guys. If you find yourself in a funk right now, because I know the world's kind of in a funk. And so if this can help you kind of break out of the noise and get through the shit, I am happy to have helped you do that. So again, reminder, this podcast is brought to you by my homies over at JLab Pro, the nutrition that's backed by science. Again, these are the guys I use for my protein, my krill oil, my probiotics. Uh, They got a lot of good stuff over there. Um, they even had like some joint support supplements, which kind of ties into the krill oil uh, omegas kind of things. But uh, right now they got a sale going on for the midsummer. If you guys want to try the protein I use, the probiotics or the krill oil, hit me up as soon as you guys hear this. I'll send you the link and the discount code, save you like 20% off everything, and uh, go from there. So if there's anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast, as always, shoot me a message, send me an email, DM. Um, we'll do some more Q&A series. We'll get Heather back on. She got home last night late. Um, if I can, maybe I'll get uh, some other people on here this week too. It's just been weird uh, with what we can and can't do and where we can and can't go and all this shit. But uh, doing the best I can uh, in the environment that I am in. And I hope you all are you know, doing the same where you are at. So uh, short of that, man, just kind of rocking and rolling, working on the next uh, you know, Sunday Advanced Metcons for uh, that series that will come out. 47 day later and maybe like one final 50 days of fitness uh, for this year the year's just kind of going by man it really is it's already july uh fourth of july happened didn't even really feel like it which sucks but uh you know hopefully you guys you know stayed safe and stayed sweaty didn't uh didn't get too shit-faced and hung over and didn't you know blow your fingers off with with fireworks and doing crazy stuff but uh yeah man just a weird year uh halfway through and uh definitely not uh not as I planned it, for sure, but uh, definitely making the best of it the best way I can. Some days I feel great and perfect, and some days I just feel weird, and I think a lot of you are in the same boat. So just know it's normal. Uh, it's normal not to feel normal during an unnormal time. I don't know if anybody ever said that before, but might put it on a t-shirt one of these days. So I uh, appreciate you guys. Like always, if you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Uh, go to the podcast app on your iPhone, scroll your finger all the way down, click me a five star, leave me a couple of comments, ring and reviews, I would appreciate it, share this with a friend or family member, uh, obviously if you're on your MacBook or your iPad, go to the iTunes icon, rings and reviews, hit me up there, and uh, again, if you guys 
aren't subscribed to the YouTube page, make sure you guys head over there. Um, we're posting a ton, a ton of videos on YouTube right now. Uh, all different categories, full mobility, full workouts, some follow-alongs, body part specific stuff. Uh, the podcast we're throwing on there. Some of the Sunday series. There's a lot of stuff. So it's Jeremy Scott Fitness YouTube page. Subscribe. It's all free. Updates you with her recipes on there as well. And then, uh, yeah, let's keep things funky. Keep it moving. And uh, I appreciate you guys. And uh, if you need anything, just holler at me and I'll get back to you uh, as soon as I can. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.